Welcome to Family Financial Fuse from University of Illinois Extension. Welcome, everyone. We are so excited to um, talk today about our financial to-do list. My name is Kamaya Wallace-Bichard, and I'm joined by my two awesome colleagues, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Kathy, how are you? Hi, I'm great, and this is quite a setup we all have as we're um, looking forward to doing the podcast from our homes today, but it's going to be a great topic, so timely. I'm really looking forward to it. So um, you guys don't know this, but every time one of us does a podcast, one of us is like the lead person and we put all this stuff together. So this was my podcast to do. And I thought, you know, a financial to-do list might be actually kind of nice, like a whole list of like things to do. And then I felt really overwhelmed. And I actually thought, you know what, there's too many choices right now. And the things I have to think on a daily basis are like way different than what they were even five weeks ago. So for me, I thought that maybe we would just talk about maybe some paradox of choice, which we'll explain more further in depth. But we'll also talk about maybe some like one or two things that you might want to do instead of a whole list. Does that sound good, guys? Yeah. I think that's a good idea, Seisha. And I think, you know, we should maybe kick it off with this paradox of choice because I think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, the paradox of choice has a lot to do with why you may have been feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. So the um, paradox of choice isn't um, a new topic, um, but the person who I think is the most famous for it is Barry Schwartz. And he has a really excellent TED Talk. So if you want to check that out, I'll put it in the uh, show notes for later. Um, But he has about a 20-minute TED Talk talking about the paradox of choice, basically like giving um, a brief introduction of his book, um, which is also called Paradox of Choice, uh, Why Less is More. But um, we wanted to talk about it because, you know, there are so many things out there that you have to make decisions on. So like one of the great examples he talks about in the book is about like even just going to the grocery store and picking out different types of things. So like you think about, oh, let me give us a great example. So the other day, my son is now obsessed with eating pickles. Ever since we've been in this um, strange situation that we are, he's like been obsessed with, he must have pickles with every lunch meal. I don't know why. And so I went to the store and looking for like, you know, like the little snacker dill pickles, right? Like the little bitty ones. And he's just like, uh, loves them, but I couldn't find them. I was like freaking out. I'm like, where are the dill pickles? Where are the dill pickles? And I'm like looking and looking and looking. And we have bread and butter pickles. And we have like the big long pickles. We have sandwich pickles. I'm like, why are there so many pickles? Why are there so many choices? So that's kind of what paradox is, choice is about is like there are so many choices that sometimes we get really overwhelmed and sometimes we don't even pick one. It can cause paralysis and that we actually don't even make a choice. Yeah. And I, I think, too, like with our finances, it be, I feel like there's an added layer of difficulty as well, mm-hmm. too, because like thinking about like or manage our finances overall can be very hard for a lot of us. And I think another great example of that paradox of choices is um, I was talking with one of my sons about choosing a mutual fund for um, to invest in within his Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. And there's like so many choices Mm -hmm. that it can just be overwhelming. Um, So that, you know, it comes up all the way from pickles to mutual funds, right? Yes. I actually think that's, that's, this is a good place in, in the book. It talks about, 
It says the avalanche of electronic information we now face is such that in order to solve the problem of choosing from 200 brands of cereal or 5,000 mutual funds, we must solve the problem of choosing from 10,000 websites offering to make us inform consumers. So even that just piece right there just gives you how the magnitude of like what we are trying to solve nowadays. Yeah. Which comes back to that idea of like, if we wanted to achieve, you know, do something good for our finances now, what would we choose to do? Mm-hmm. And that's a great question, Kathy. <laughs> I think, um, and I think this is something that we've talked about in the past, but I think that there are some criteria for changing a financial behavior. And I'd love to hear what your um, thoughts are on what that criteria is. Okay, I think one of the things that I've learned, um, some benefit of being a little bit older, is I have to focus on the things I can change and not Mm -hmm. the things I want to change in those people around me. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm, you know, thinking about things that I would like to have changed, um, I just got to keep that in mind because I really can't change anybody but me. And I think one of the examples that I shared earlier was – I'm in charge of paying bills, which I don't in our household, which I don't know how that started, but it started like, <laughs> and I've never been able to convince my husband to take that job. Um, it's because you're the educator. It, you're the financial educator. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but I'm not that good at paying bills on time. And there are often bills that are late and that just drives my husband crazy. And then that <laughs> stresses me out. And so I was thinking about that as we were, you know, stress has been high lately and I, I was thinking about that and I thought, well, I'm probably not going to get him to stop worrying about that because, I mean, he hasn't for 30 some years. So Mm -hmm. why now? (laughs) And so maybe I should really be working on putting more of our payments on automatic, even though that is like a chore for me. Um, But that is something I could do that would help with the overall stress in our household. That's a good one. So the criteria for you, Kathy, is something you can control. Correct. That's right. Okay. Something I could control and do. Kamai, what about I th- you? I think for me, like the thing is, if it's how pressing it is, mm-hmm. like if there's a deadline of something coming up, like recently there's been like some changes with like our um, health insurance, and I had to send in like new information, updated information to them. And it just took me a while <laughs> after them sending like <laughs> multiple emails, getting like things in the mail, like just multiple emails. And it took me, I did it like two days before it was actually due. And I look at myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I delay? Why did I delay? Even though I know that I needed to get this task done because it is very important and it's very important during this time as well too. So for me, it's, um, if something is due coming up and there's a deadline for it, mm-hmm. I'm trying to push it out, but I push it out way too close to the deadline, in my opinion. <laughs> but you got it done. You got Everything it done. comes but, back. We got it done, right? Yeah. So caused yourself a little extra stress with the timeline, <laughs> but you got it done. Yeah. So to answer my own question, what's the criteria for changing a financial behavior? Um, I think when it becomes overbearing or overwhelming in my life. So a great example I can give is um, I actually became a financial educator because I had a lot of credit card debt. And even though I felt like I had learned from it, I got a a bachelor's degree and I was like, okay, I'm going to pay off all my debt. It'll be great. And then I had a breakup and that like totally messed up my life. And then, you know, I just kept accruing this debt up until I got married. So 
now I have a master's degree and I'm like, I should be able to do this. And it took a long time for me to like finally say, you know what, this is too much. This is too much. It's overbearing. It's overwhelming. I can't handle this anymore. My life has to change. So that was a big criteria for me. It's causing me a lot of stress and it was like sucking me dry. (laughs) I think that's a great example. And sometimes it can just translate to like, what is making your stomach hurt or what is, you know, Mm -hmm. because for me, when I start getting stressed in other aspects of my life, there will be a physical piece that happens, whether it's, you know, tension in my shoulders or my stomach hurts or something like that. And then you need to stop and think, okay, this is getting bad. Like you said, you know, mm-hmm. what do I need to do to make this better? And that might be the motivation to pick that task yes. and pick it up. For sure. I think another criteria for me is the need to avoid fees or penalties related to things. Mm-hmm. I hate fees, no matter how small it is. So it always <laughs> pushed me, to, even if it's a dollar. I feel like it always pushed me to say, okay, I need to um, do this because it needs to get done. Or if not, you're going to have to pay this fee. And I try, I really try to avoid it. And that really comes back to some other behavioral economic um, principles, right? That mm-hmm. fear of loss. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to reframe it in our mind. Like, mm-hmm. Kamaya, you've already got it framed in your mind as a loss. Yeah. But um, I know sometimes, you know, we think about things in a positive way, like, oh, we could add to our savings. It'll be so good. But Honestly, we get more motivated by fear and loss. So thinking about what is the worst case example here if I don't do this task, mm-hmm. that can sometimes motivate us too. And, you know, I hate I hate to be negative that way, but sometimes it gets the job done. And yeah. maybe like writing wills is an example of that. Nobody wants to do it. But we think no. about like worst case scenario and then you're like, okay, that's going to get me motivated to finish it. Well, I think um, that's, that also comes back to a piece from Barry Schwartz's book. It says learning to choose is hard, but learning to choose well is harder. And the reason I say that is because um, I think it's interesting that the fact that like we have to make choices, right? But we have to choose well. And sometimes we don't make those well choices until we have to, until we're pressed to do it, until mm-hmm. it makes our stomach feel worse, until all those other things. So. Yeah, but sometimes you get a lot of cleaning done in the process. <laughs> that's my, you know, I can always tell when I'm procrastinating on something that's important because all kinds of things get cleaned up that wouldn't have gotten cleaned up otherwise. That's true. Um, so is there, a, is for, for you guys, is there a personal, is there a financial task or behavior that's causing you stress like right now that we could maybe give our listeners examples of or talk about to... Um, maybe give them ideas of maybe like one or two things they they could do instead of making a whole list. I think for me, it's not right now, but something that just like gets me every year. And I realize that I'm putting myself through this is paying like the tabs on our cars. Mm. And this is like one of those financial tasks where every year we say, okay, we're going to prepare for this or save to make sure that we have the money for this expense. And this year, the price for it went up. And by the time we were looking to see, we were gone on vacation and we got back and we were trying to figure out what we need to do to make sure that our our things are updated. Mm -hmm. And we looked and we saw that there was an increase. So we had to take money from somewhere else to try to cover that cost. And that's one of those issues that have caused us stress over the last few years. So now I'm trying to be better in planning ahead and preparing for it. And I think 
it is one of those like financial things too that for some of us it, it feels like it creeps up on us even though we know that we should be expecting it and it has caused stress in my family so we've been working to do a lot better on a task like that so an occasional expense is what it sounds like yes <clears throat> the tags oh the tags <laughs> <laughs> That's the registration tags for your car you're talking about, right? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Those just always like the all of a sudden they pop up and you're like, what? Now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, I didn't great. know it was due. What? You mm-hmm. know, I look at my license plate and I'm like, oh yeah, it says December. When is December again? <laughs> you know, one one strategy that I know can help is like to try to make a list of what all those occasional expenses mm-hmm. might be that mm-hmm. pop up, whether it's your car registration or, you know, well, um, property taxes or uh, holiday expenses. And then, you know, estimate out what those costs and how you're going to do it, which I'm sure, Kamaya, you've done to a large extent, but also calendaring them. Mm-hmm. You know, when do those, you know, having some kind of a financial calendar, it can be surprising too, just like when you realize like a whole bunch of people in your family have birthdays in one month. Like why? But they yeah. do sometimes. And, and it, July and in my family, it's July. November is just crazy <laughs> in our family. So, you know, having that ahead in my mind so I can either buy gifts ahead and stash them or have that plan in my budget can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Kathy, do you have any other stressors other than your bill paying? Well, I think the the bill paying is, is kind of a piece of the puzzle that's stressing us and that is um how do i say this like we need to be more electronic in several things that we do okay um and um so things have just gotten to that tipping point for us where mm-hmm. i've always paid bills online but we haven't Automatic payments haven't worked for us. Seems like if I put them on towards my credit card, that credit card number changes. Or anyway, I have all kinds of excuses why it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> same thing, and the same thing for like passwords. It's just gotten the point where, you know, Jonathan and I just can't remember the passwords and the system we had of writing it down on a piece of paper. We almost we thought we had lost that piece of paper last week and we just about panicked. Oh no. We, and so we did find it. Now we have a picture of it. But anyway, it was just <laughs> like coming to grips with the fact that our life is changing, you know, um in we don't have as much we don't want to put as much time into the regular bill paying, so we need to get that more automated. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when um we're traveling when things are due and, you know, we're not seeing our mail or we're gone longer with our trips. So, you know, it used to be, well, if you're gone for a few days, it didn't really matter if your bills didn't get paid till you got back. But now if we're gone several weeks, that does matter. Mm-hmm. So we just need to get this all electronically automated. But I guess we have some discomfort with trusting other systems. And so, you know, this has worked for us for 30 some years and, hard to change yeah but i mean i've been seeing this coming and it is kind of my like while i'm staying at home get this done type task so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's the one i chose well for me um i think the number one is uh, actually using a budget so i used to be like religious kathy knows this i used to like have an excel spreadsheet i would budget it out but i had a lot of life changes like while I, when I first started working in extension and, um, 
you know, I, we, but we're now at this point where like things are comfortable. Like, you know, we had the same income for a while. Our child expenses haven't really changed too much. So we just got to this point where we were spending money and not really looking at where it goes. And so, um, after doing a presentation, I looked at a bunch of different budgeting websites and I was like, that's the one, that's the one we're going to use. And I paid for it for a year and I check it often and I'm just, you know, making sure that we're making the right, um, financial decisions and choices. Cause you know, sometimes you can get back into debt when you're not paying attention enough. So especially when like us and our family, we use a lot of credit cards to pay for stuff instead of, you know, just cash. So we get a lot of benefits that way. That'd yeah. Be and that's probably the best thing I think about a spending plan is just it does raise your spending to a different conscious level. You know, whether you're checking it or it's just in your mind, oh, it's going to be in writing. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that works well. It does. And one of the things I really like about it is that it can track certain expenses too. So, for example, like um, cat food expenses, I can check and see how much it is every month, like what the average is, and it, it like automatically does it, and I don't have to do it myself. And it's kind of nice. So. Is a great is a great investment for me to do. So we talk about what is causing you know that stress. Mm-hmm. Can we change like these behaviors or these tasks that we're thinking about, or that we have that do cause us stress? And I say yes. <laughs> I was going to contemplate that question. <laughs> I know I was thinking about it, but I'm like I think yes. I look to see um, like just different things that I could be doing to make it better for myself. So just like with those seasonal expenses that are coming in that sometimes we may forget about, um, what can we do to to set things up that is going to help us with that? Um, and, you know, Kathy was talking about like the electronic piece too. That's one where we struggle sometimes and it's, you know, maybe coming up with like a password manager for storing our passwords and making sure that we got a lot more things automated. But I know for me, when it comes to like those seasonal expenses piece, is we have like a bank now that allows us to create like our goal options. And because it's crept up on us so many times over the years, my husband's like, nope, we're, we're not doing this anymore. This is the last year we're going to be going through this. So we created like a goal for that where we have it um, set out that, you know, over the year um, we add to it each month to make sure that that amount is there at the end of the year so that we take care of that. So that's one way we've done that. And it's and I'm grateful for having like or bank who is ab- that's able to set it up like that for us. Kind of like a Christmas club. Yay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's for your tags. And I think this kind of also brings up something I was thinking in terms of that family financial feud part is one of the reasons that I picked the thing I did is it's causing conflict in our family mm-hmm. that it's I'm not doing it to the standard, my husband would like it. And yet he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> no, that's kind of unfair, but that, and he's right. Like there's no reason for us to be having overcharges and interest rates. So, um, so that it, it I can't really argue that point. Um, but I think one of the reasons it's been hard for us to find a solution is it's coming to a place where we're both comfortable with how we manage it. Mm-hmm. So um, and the, like the passwords thing, you know, for a long time, my husband wasn't comfortable with using a cloud um, system, and he's only marginally comfortable now. So, you know, we, you know, kind of trying to find that common ground of how do we tackle a task 
that we don't have common solutions for that we're not happy both there's no there doesn't seem to be a an easy way to make this one work right mm-hmm. yeah um and that i i think that's one of those things that just makes finances so hard especially is it if you're sharing finances with somebody else you have to come to an agreement on how you want to do it yes that's hard sometimes mm-hmm. all yeah. the time <laughs> yeah and deciding which parts are worth not, you know, sometimes there's things you don't have to come to agreement on, right? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. may just say, we're each going to spend some money and you don't have to agree. Um, but, uh, but there's other things that are important enough that you are big enough that you want to come to agreement on them. I would say that, and so like, obviously I have challenged my financial tasks. I put all my information in the budget. The AI makes it all pretty and like puts it in spreadsheets and I can look at it. But another task that like we've really been putting off is doing our wills and doing those things. Um, And I'm not going to change it right now. I'm not going to do it. It makes me highly uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, um, I mean, I know it's something we need to work on. um, But right now it's not something I'm interested in doing, maybe because of all the craziness going on in our lives and all of that. But um, it is something that is on my list to do. It just, it doesn't seem pressing right now. So maybe soon, hopefully soon. I, I think for me as well, too, it's like one of those financial tasks that I've been put enough mm-hmm. and, you know, signing up like for all the benefits pieces through all our different accounts and, and setting that up to make sure that, um, who's listed on there is supposed to be on there and then going in and doing like more of the estate planning piece. It's one that is, it feels big. It feels like it is a big, big thing, is. That, you know, but it's one of those sets that I know that I shouldn't be putting off. And I think it, again, comes down to this paradox of choice, because for some of us, we have a lot of siblings, you know, when our children are looking are small and we're looking for guardians, we might have a lot of siblings or mm-hmm. a lot of family members or friends that would be, you know, acceptable to be guardians. And then you're you know, you start thinking, well, this one has this feature and this one has this feature. And how do you make this choice knowing it's a big deal decision? And it is, I think, probably if I had to guess, it's the financial behavior most procrastinated on and put off. And that's a guess, not a research based answer. But um, (laughs) looking at the percentage of people who have a will that's up to date, it's a pretty legitimate guess. Yes. I mean, it's out. I mean, it's basic. It's basic paralysis. It's like you look at it and you're like, meh, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'll wait till tomorrow. I can put it off until tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you're just like, nope, I'll keep doing it until tomorrow. It's just one of those things that I, you know, I keep pushing off until tomorrow. It makes me think too, with tasks like these that we are putting off, is there somebody else in our lives that we can bounce idea off of or talk to them about it to make it seem like it's less so big, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. because I feel like sometimes when you're thinking about it um, by yourself and it's just it just seems so overwhelming. Um, are there other people in our lives who may have gone through and done these tasks before that we can ask questions and, and find out how they did it or if they want to work with us on these kind of tasks? Well, I think that leads into our next question about what are some ways to overcome paralysis? 
Well, I could just jump back in on all of this with when I, the last time my husband and I were doing some estate planning and working with a lawyer and we had a plan and was just sitting waiting for us to sign off on it. But I don't know. I just, it didn't feel right to me exactly. And I was actually talking to somebody who was not a family member and not really a particularly close friend. It was, I was teaching something related to estate planning Mm -hmm. and she happened to say something. And I was like, you know, I'm teaching this, like, why, I just need to listen to what I believe and what, you know, makes sense and just do it. And, um, you know, that kind of got me over that hurdle. So sometimes I think even going outside of our usual circle of people we talk to, to run ideas by, maybe somebody who's objective and doesn't have any, you know, emotional tie to you, um, can be really helpful when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. I like to call that person a money money buddy. Love it. Uh, It's just somebody you can talk to about your finances. That's not like you said, in your social circle or, you know, that somebody you obviously can trust them and you feel safe that you can talk to them about your personal finances, whether it's about I need a new budgeting app or I really need to get my will done. So my kids have guardians. Yeah, and it could be called a money mentor. (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, in in Illinois, we have a program through University of Illinois Extension called Money Mentors, where people in the community who want to help others go through training with us educators, and then they become money mentors so that when people in their community want help, they can be matched with a mentor to talk to them. And a lot of what the mentors do is brainstorming and mm-hmm. thinking about alternatives and mm-hmm. being a sounding board for people as they work towards their financial goals. And this is a program that is nationwide in extent, cooperative extension. So maybe in your area as well. Yeah. yeah. But it's a great way to overcome paralysis is to have that person to talk to. Mm-hmm. So whether it is a money mentor here in Illinois or just a friend, like find somebody you can talk to about it and help you overcome that stopping point. So what we're essentially saying then to kind of go backwards here is sometimes making that long to-do list of finances could just be too much, like would just stop everything. Mm -hmm. Are there times when we think to-do lists work for people? Absolutely. I think people have different personality, different money personality in how they think about like their finances and how they want to organize that. And for some of us, like checking that off our list, it's a, it's a sense of accomplishment, right? We're mm-hmm. checking this thing off and it's, a, we feel good about it and we're moving on to the next thing. But on the other hand, I think for some of us looking at that list, it can seem, as you say, overwhelming. And so part of like this podcast too is to, explore that to explore that for for some of us and why lists might work well and not knocking lists at all I like my list every once in a while but it's not always the best option in certain situations especially um, all the stressors that we are facing right now considering that as well too mm-hmm. so I want to chime in because I am uh, if you if you guys know what colors are I'm very gold I like lists I like to do lists my closet is actually color coordinated um in Roy G. Biv and it's from short sleeve to long sleeve. Like people don't know us about me, but that's just like my life. But right now in this time of like complete chaos, if I saw a financial to-do list or even a to-do list, I'm not doing it. Like I normally love crossing things off. It makes my heart happy. Mm-hmm. But I just can't right now. Like I'm just even struggling with like normal day-to-day things. And I think that's okay to say. 
right now because we all know that we're in this weird time. But for me, like if I had one more thing to do on my list, I might just have a panic attack or freak out. So I think just knowing like ourselves and knowing like when we're in stress, like what that looks like and then being healthy and just knowing that, you know, there are different times that you can have a to-do list. And sometimes you just have a one list of one thing. And then sometimes you have a list that just says, get dressed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So I, and I agree, you know, different times in our lives are more stressful than other times. Mm-hmm. And then there's been times when a family member has been very ill in my family and all I can do is get through that day mm-hmm. and try to be dressed for most of it. And, <laughs> you know, try to make sure the family has food, you know, available. And that, that's, that's like what I can do. And, you know, there have been times where, honestly, I've looked back after coming out of some of those, and I've looked at my financial situation, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, look at all the stuff I miss that Mm -hmm. I normally do. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, that's life. I mean, you just pick it up and move forward from there. So staying on top of things as much as you can that are, you know, important right now, I think is great. Um, If you're not if you feel like you've got room for it in your brain and you can pick a financial task to accomplish, I think that's good too. You know, um, it may make you feel some, for some of us, we're like, I'm pretty goal oriented. So having a goal, something I can think about that's a little bigger than just the laundry. I don't want to think about the laundry, (laughs) Um, but you know, that helps me, you know? And then I, you know, we, we talked about the fact, like I want things more automated and then I was like, okay, well, that's a variety of tasks. That's like yeah. little steps that I could do because it, it is like every single credit card I need to go look at separately to figure mm-hmm. out the best way to handle it. And every, you know, bill payment might be a little different what's best for it. And of course, as we talked about colors, I'm pretty green, so I got to make this complicated, right? But anyway, <laughs> you know, I got to do all these these other pieces, including finding the right paperwork and the account numbers and all of that. So. Yeah. So it's, it's, know, a, it's a larger task within like with, with multiple small multiples inside of it. So right. And having for me, having those little steps written down means like I could k- check one off easily, like this mm-hmm. credit card automated. That's a step. It doesn't solve the whole problem, but it takes care of one. Mm-hmm. So. And another another piece I think about, too, as we're talking about, like, you know, even bouncing ideas off each other, we talk a lot about or have different presentations on, you know, communicating with your children about money. And there are, like, different tasks as well, too, like if you have teens or, um, you know, kids at home who, that they can help with. If you're part of, like, that list piece where you want to get through your list, there might be tasks on there where you can include the kids as you're teaching them about money and and trying to get them familiar with certain pieces i'm sure like a lot of parents do not want their kids to know everything that they're doing financially but there are some tasks that you can um invite their opinions on and and have them involved in and i and i agree you know like some of those things that we just have to do every week like go to the grocery store or order groceries online you know we've talked before that having a list means you save money on mm-hmm. what you purchase so there in my household if it wasn't on the list it didn't get bought like don't tell me about it so um, <laughs> you know but that kind of helped people start thinking about okay what do i want in the next week i need to put it on the grocery list this mm-hmm. is how life mm-hmm. goes and I don't think I ever said, I'm teaching you a money habit right now. I just said, don't tell me to put it on the list. We're <laughs> teaching you a money habit. Get get in the game. <laughs> I like that. 
Um, that's so funny. But I do, I do think these are good ways to just kind of um, overcome those choices, those, that paralysis that we sometimes face. So, and I know what it's like to feel overwhelmed by those, even those to-do lists. Um, so if you're not a to-do list person, don't worry about it. If you're wanting to do just one task, do that. One thing I wanted to, like one task I wanted to just like mention was, um, you know, sometimes we have a lot of papers and it, <laughs> going yes. what an expression there. <laughs> you can't see Kamaya's face, but she kind of just like rolled her head back and was like, yes. oh Lord. Um, but she, you know, just. Um, going through those papers can be one of those things, even if it's just a file folder a day, like maybe you take that bigger task, like Kathy was talking about, like, yeah, she has lots of credit cards or bills that she needs to take, but just taking one file out, looking at it, what needs to be saved, what needs to be shredded, um, and then making that, the, making it a little smaller. So that way, you know what, I can do one thing today and it'll make me feel better. Or maybe one thing this week or this month, whatever, it's fine. And for those people that live more like me, when it may not be a folder, it may be one pile that's on the floor you pick up and try to find, <laughs> put away and go through. Okay, so <laughs> we yeah. don't all have nice, neat file folders. I have a, I mean, I have a bat, like a, a box. Yeah. It just goes in there. Eventually, my husband gets really annoyed and does it himself. So <laughs> it's kind of nice. But I think this was a, a good one to talk about, especially paradox of choice and. Yeah. One thing I do think we should talk about is the jam study. Do you guys mind if we talk about that really quick? Go right ahead. Okay. I love that jam study. I do love the jam study. And maybe this will make you want jam to eat on toast or biscuits. Sorry. Okay. Um, so <laughs> there is a jam study. It's done by Professor Sheena Iyengard. She set up a booth of jams. So if you can imagine a booth at the grocery store and someone's trying to sell it, sell these beautiful jams. Maybe it's peaches and cherries and apricots. I don't know. We're just going down the line. Every few hours, she switched the jam offerings from a selection of 24 jams to a group of six jams. And so on average, customers tasted about two jams each, regardless of the size of the assortment. So no matter if there were 24 or six, everyone tried about two. Um, and they each received a coupon. So one of the things that came out of this was that um, – even though 60% of the customers were interested in the large assortment of jars of jam, so 24, 24 jars, only 3% actually purchased a jar. While in uh, looking at the opposite, so 40% of the customers were interested in the six sets of jars, but 30% of them purchased. So really it shows that um, having more choice can be debilitating, what we're kind of talking about, looking at there's, if there's too many choices, I can't make a choice, so I don't make a choice. Um, so that's why we're talking about, you know, taking that to-do list and making it just a little bit smaller today. I love it. I want jam. I think I have two types of jam right now. <laughs> I think I have like seven in my, in my fridge. So I even have guava jam. Yeah. This has been such a great discussion. I, I really love it because then it, it when I think about like the choices I had to make for um, all the different pieces in my life. And I wanted to share this piece because I um, I changed my hair. So I went back to like my natural hair. And I've been like thinking about like the different products that are out there for your natural hair and mm -hmm. how um, you use these products and which was the one that I was, should have chosen. So I went through like this journey over the last two years of looking at like the products that I like and trying out different ones looking at the price of them mm -hmm. was an important piece for me as well, too. And, you know, having like the choices are great, but just like the jam study, like I look, I go to the store and I see just like a whole shelf full of different ones. 
and not knowing like which is the best one for me to choose. So I went through like this whole journey over the last two years and in trying to find like the right one for me with the right pricing, of course. And it's been it's been quite a quite a journey. So that just like picks back up on um, some of the paradox of choice stuff that we were talking about earlier. There's actually some pieces about um, if you're a maximizer or a satisficer. And a maximizer is a person who has to be assured that every purchase or decision was the best that they could have that, that they can make at that time. Um, they're looking always, you know, to make that best choice. So, um, and a, but a satisficer is a person who just settles for something because it's good enough and they don't worry about the possibility that there might be something better. Um, obviously, that person has standards. They're not just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to pick some random hair care product. But I do think uh, it is a good piece to bring in there as well. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was just thinking about um, that kind of as we are going through all these different aspects of this topic today is I don't know if our listeners realize that we also blog and that, um, you know, some of these discussions that we have in our podcast, we continue more on depth on our blog, but also other conversations about things that are happening in the news that are happening in our families that are important, those kind of timely topics. Mm -hmm. And so if you haven't had a chance to check out our blog before, it's called Plan Well, Retire Well, and you can find it at retirewell.illinois.edu. And if you are interested in hearing more from us, that might be a good way to connect up. Well, ladies, I hope that this uh, inspired you to get maybe a financial task done Mm -hmm. and to think of, um, you know, maybe if there are barriers to conquer the barriers and break them down and do it. Uh, Hopefully we have helped our listeners as well. But thank you for joining me today. Thank you for bringing up this great topic. It was wonderful. Yeah, I think it's good. Thank you. Yep. And I think we got out some other things too. So it's all good. All good today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.